Amen. Well, it's great to be in the house of the Lord with all of you this evening. We're going to begin with John chapter 14, verse 6. Trust you brought your Bibles to church tonight. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's a statement and a declaration by Jesus himself, our Lord, our Savior, the one in whom we put all our trust, all our hope. Before him we've laid our lives down, and can we hear those words afresh tonight? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, and come to a realization and a fresh understanding of the grace and mercy of God that because He is the way, the truth, and the life, we have been able to find our way back to the Father, reconciled unto the Father. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it reads, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. The J.B. Phillips New Testament reads, Go in by the narrow gate, for the wide gate has a broad road, which leads to disaster, and there are many people going that way. The narrow gate and the hard road lead unto life and only a few are finding it. There are only two roads. And every single one of us, we're given the option to travel one of two roads. Only two roads to choose from. One of two roads to mark our journey, to mark our lifetime, to chart our course. The Bible tells us that one road leads to a healthy destination. That one road leads to a life-filled destination. There is only one road that leads to eternal life. There is only one road that leads, only one way that leads to the Father. And the Bible tells us that there is one road that leads to disaster. There's one road that leads to destruction. There's one road that leads to death. There's one road that leads to eternal separation from God the Father. There's one road that continues to put distance between us and the Father. And so we only have two options. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what kind of family we've come from, what kind of upbringing we've had what country we've come from. None of these things matter. What matters is that we've been given an invitation, an opportunity to travel on a road that will lead to life. But we have to choose it. We have to get onto that road and we have to continue for all the days of our life. You know, Jesus lays it out clear for us. He says very clearly that there is only one road that leads to life. And I trust each and every day we wake up and we thank God for a road that leads to life. We thank God for paving a road for us that leads back to Him. We thank God for the invitation to travel down the road. 
Really, that road is Jesus Christ laying himself down. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Yes, that is our union with the Father upon salvation, but one day we are going to exit this world and we're going to enter into glory forever united with the Father. If we're not there tonight, if we're not on the road tonight, can I just simply say it's time to get on the road? And if we are there tonight and we're on the road tonight, I want to encourage every single one of us to stay on the road. When we purpose to take God's road, there are a few things that will help us succeed. I have a few points tonight. Number one, keep your eyes on the horizon. We have to keep our eyes on what lies ahead. We have to keep our eyes on the path and on the road. We have to keep our eyes on the way, and that is Jesus. We have to keep our eyes on the goal, the aim, the heavenly calling. We know that the Bible instructs us in this way. The message reads, don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. It requires total attention. You know, the truth is there are many, many distractions that come to run us off the road. Philippians 3, verses 14 to 21, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, Join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things, Listen, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. I want to say to all of us tonight, we have to keep our eyes. We are responsible to keep our eyes, to keep our eyes on the goal, to keep our eyes on the aim, to keep our eyes on the heavenly calling, to keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our eyes on the vision, where he's leading us, where he's taking us, and we know that the ultimate destination is eternity with him. But we have to keep our eyes. There are many, many distractions that would come 
to do exactly that, distract us, and see us leave the road. Proverbs 4, verses 20 and 21, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Proverbs 4, 25 to 27, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. When's the last time we did that? Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. And listen to these words, remove your foot from evil. The Bible is very clear. And the Lord is trying to help us succeed. To have us reach the goal. To have us avoid the many distractions that would come to run us off the road. Or the distractions that would bring us to a halt. The distractions that would cause us to waste time. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14 in the message, it says, Keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you got. Be resolute. You know, this really does require total attention. Now, we might not like the distracted driving law in our land. Can I get a witness? <laughs> But the truth is, if we're completely honest, distracted driving is exactly that. Distracted. Distracted driving causes accidents. Distracted driving has taken people right off the road. Distracted driving has caused harm and even death to others. Distracted driving gets us into trouble with the lawmen. And how true it is, that even though the law is in place, we all make room for a little distraction. Thinking we are okay and we will never get caught. We all think we are quality drivers and the law is only in place for the incompetent. But I think about our spiritual life. And I pray that we push off distraction and we give complete attention to what Jesus is calling us to give attention to. Not thinking that we're never going to get caught or it doesn't really matter and nobody's going to get hurt. We're never going to get found out. But that we give complete and total attention to what Jesus is calling us to. Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And the message reads, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Listen to this, study how he did it. 
Study how he made his way down the road. He had a road, and his road led to glory. He was actually paving the road with his life. Paving the road with his life on this side of eternity. God in flesh among us, paving the road for every single one of us. So I think that it only makes sense to study how he did it. To study how he walked, to study how he lived, to study how he interacted with others, to study how he handled this world, to study how he handled temptation and trial and testing and all these things, to, to see how he handled it. Because I don't know about you, but I want to follow. I want to follow Jesus and make my way down his road. And succeed and not be distracted. Not cause others harm and not be run off the road. And then it says, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. You know, Jesus never lost sight. He was never distracted. He never picked up his iPhone while riding the donkey. So many images just popped into my head. <laughs> but not distracted. He set his face toward the mark. He didn't turn to the right or to the left. He didn't let others influence him in a wrong way. He knew the heavenly calling. He knew the goal. He knew the aim. Jesus knew how to keep his eyes, and I just want to say tonight that we are responsible for the keeping of our own eyes. You know, I can't keep your eyes and you can't keep mine. We can help and encourage one another, but we as individuals are responsible for the keeping of our eyes. Psalm 16:8, I have set the Lord always before me. You know, if you live your day like that, if you live your life like that, you're going to avoid a lot of distractions. Psalm 34 verse 5, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. We need to look to Jesus more and more and more and more. He's our only hope. And so number one is keep your eyes on the horizon. Number two, avoid the hazards men try and establish. You know, I don't, I don't know if we need to say anything else under this point, but we will. There are some things men set up that we drive right into. We know the hazard. We know the threat. We know that it's a death trap, and yet we drive right into it. We know it's going to cause harm. It's going to cause us harm, and it will affect others that might be riding with us, if you know what I'm saying tonight, yet we drive right into it. There are some things men set up that we drive into by accident, but let's be honest tonight, is there such a thing as an accident? Perhaps we were distracted and missed the hazard sign that we should have seen, or could it be carelessness? And under this point, I want to remind us of our deep need for God's Word and for the discernment that comes by the Holy Spirit, because there are many things that men try and set up 
to try and bring destruction, to try and keep us from the real thing. And so we seek to avoid these hazards. Matthew 16, verse 23. Jesus said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Matthew 23, 13, and the message says, I've had it with you. You're hopeless. You religion scholars, you Pharisees, frauds. Your lives are roadblocks to God's kingdom. You refuse to enter and won't let anyone else in either. We need to avoid the hazards set up by men, the ones they try and establish. And I would say tonight, let's make sure we are not putting hazards in other people's way. Listen to 2 Corinthians 6, verse 3 in the voice. It says, we are careful in what we teach so that our words won't be a stumbling block and so that no one will discredit our ministry. Are we careful? Listen to 1 Corinthians 8, 9. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. And so we need to avoid the hazards, but we need to avoid putting hazards in the way of others. And so we take a look at our life and we ponder our path. Lord, help us. Number three, road conditions are always good. Traction is always promised. No matter the elements, keep moving. You know, we can count on God no matter the weather, no matter the climate, no matter the season of life we find ourselves in. If we stick with God, we will always experience good road conditions. We won't slip. We won't slide. We won't lose traction. We can just keep moving forward. Even when storms come, there is no reason for us to lose traction. There's no reason for us to stop advancing. The advancement continues. The progress continues. We continue to move from glory to glory, from strength to strength. God is a sure foundation, no matter what. We can count on Him. I think he's looking down sometimes, and he's like, okay, you got, you got some weather. Why did you pull over? Why did you stop? Well, I didn't think I, didn't think I had the traction. So what we did is we made the decision, and we sidelined ourselves. When God's saying, you should have just trusted me. Because he's always more than enough. He's always there to give us traction. He's always there to secure us to the way on that path. And so I pray that as we move on in life, no matter what comes our way, 
We don't use weather and things like this for an excuse. I mean, so many people do as an excuse for why we're not progressing in this season of our, our life because we've got all these things, you know. No, we got traction and we're going forward no matter what. Like Jesus had traction, didn't he? Look what he faced. I don't think anybody here has faced what Jesus faced. And he didn't stop. I think about so many examples in the Word of God, the stuff they faced. You think of Joseph. You think of what he faced. He didn't lose traction. You think of Daniel, what he faced. He didn't lose traction. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't lose traction. They just kept going. And they faced some weather. (laughs) A lot worse than I've ever faced. We can handle the storms, and not in our own strength, but because of who is on our side and the foundation under our feet. Romans 8, verses 35 to 39, it reads, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now listen to the list. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. That's quite the list already. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I want to encourage us tonight that nothing can stop our traction because the bond is too tight. Unless we stop it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we lost traction in that sense because the tires are still on the road, but we're on the side. And we stop moving. Number four, there's enough room for everyone. There is enough room for everyone without bumping into one another and causing accidents. Our weakness brings these. I remember hearing this statement, accidents don't happen. Accidents are caused. There's a lot of truth there when you actually think about it. There's a reason accidents happen. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14 in the Passion Translation, says, Come to God through the narrow gate, because the wide gate and the broad path is the way that leads to destruction. Nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life. So few even find it. And though this makes no sense, what I'm about to say to the natural mind, this is the truth. The broad road is actually the crowded road. And the narrow road is actually the open road with more than enough room for everyone. Without bumping into one another, without causing accidents, without stumbling blocks, God's way is perfect, but man is not. The broad path is plagued with destruction, 
And if we manage to somehow avoid all accidents on the broad, crowded road in our lifetime, the end is the biggest hit of all. People say, hey, I'm on this road. It's great. Life's good. I'm not bumping into people. There's no accidents. Life's good. Family's good. Career's good. All this is good. Wonderful. Enjoy your journey on that road because you got quite the awakening at the end of that road. The biggest hit of all. And so the Lord is saying, come on my road. And his road is Jesus. And so we say, yeah, but it says the difficult way leads to eternal life. And I would say tonight, yes, and that is beautiful. And can I remind us that the way of the transgressor is hard. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 in the King James Version. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. That word narrow means this, to press as grapes, press hard upon. It speaks of a compressed way, a narrow, straightened, contracted, metaphorically to trouble, to afflict, to distress. And the word says, few there be that find it. And you want to know why few find it? I'm going to tell us all right now, and we all know it's true. It's because it troubles and afflicts and distresses the flesh. God's way troubles, conflicts, distresses the flesh. It's because they see it as crowded with rules and regulations. They look at it, that narrow way is so crowded with rules and regulations. And so they cast it off. It's because it crowds their immoral freedom. But the reality is that this compressed way is the only freeway and the only open road. And the beautiful thing is that there is enough room for everyone. Number five tonight, let the wind of the Holy Ghost help you make up time. Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 18, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And I love how the J.B. Phillips New Testament puts it. It says, let the Spirit stimulate your souls. The Holy Spirit helps us make up time. You might not be a believer yet, but I pray you will be a believer in this, that the Holy Spirit helps us make up time. The reason some take so long to go such a short distance is because they don't have the wind of the Holy Ghost. And so they just inch along. 
We all need to cry out for the wind of the Holy Spirit. For the wind of the Holy Ghost to blow upon our lives that we can make up time, redeeming the time. We don't know how long we have. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Making the most of our living. This can apply to Christian development. It can apply to Christian calling and destiny. It can apply to personal calling and destiny. The Holy Spirit will help us make up time. But be filled with the Spirit. You know, the word filled right here used in Ephesians, to be filled with the Spirit. This is what the definition is. These are the words. To make up. To fill up. To cause to abound. To render full, complete. To fill to the top so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure, fill to the brim. To carry through to the end. It speaks of matters of duty to perform, execute, getting things done faster and more efficiently and more precisely. Of sayings, promises, prophecies to bring to pass, ratify, accomplish. And so I trust you can just run with this tonight. Let the wind of the Holy Ghost help you make up time. Let's have the worship team return. Let the wind of the Holy Ghost help you make up time. My, how we need the wind of the Holy Spirit. How we need the Holy Spirit to help us make up time to do just what it says, to perform and execute, to get things done faster and more efficiently and more precisely. We need the Holy Spirit in our work. We need the Holy Spirit in our activities of life. We need the Holy Spirit in the duties of life. We need the Holy Spirit to come and blow upon us, to help us redeem the time. And so again, our points tonight, number one is keep your eyes on the horizon. Second point, avoid the hazards men try and establish. Road conditions are always good, number three. There's enough room for everyone, four. And the last point, let the wind of the Holy Ghost help you make up time. Why don't we just stand tonight? We just take a moment. Just close yourself in with the Lord. And I think first and foremost, I know we probably do this often, but would we just tonight just thank Him for the road? Would we just thank Him for paving the way? Would we thank Jesus? Just, God, thank you. And not only thank you for paving the way, but thank you for the invitation. And thank you for the understanding. And thank you for the caution. And thank you for your word that, that so clearly tells us to choose the right road, and the right road is Jesus. And Lord, I pray that our eyes would be open to see, to see the destruction on the broad road, the broad way. And Lord, I pray that we would never, never leave the proper road for that one. And Lord, I pray for every person here tonight that 
If there are distractions that are doing exactly that, distracting us, they could be big things, they could be small things, but they are messing up progress. I pray, Lord, that right now we would set our eyes on Jesus, we would set our eyes on the horizon, and we would trust you, Lord. We would trust you in this, God. That we wouldn't find ourselves sidelined. I just pray, Lord, for all of us that we would have a fresh understanding of the power of this bond that we have with Jesus. And that no matter what we face, no matter what comes our way, no matter what comes to test our faith or what comes to try and knock us down, God, no matter what it is, we have. We have good road conditions because the traction is sure. And I pray that not one of us would sideline ourselves or pull off on the side of the road and waste time. But God, we would just keep going. And even in that storm, Lord, we know that our traction's good and the traction can handle the wind of the Holy Ghost. And so we cry out and we say, God, come and blow on us and move us forward and help us to do all things for the glory of your name, Lord, how you desire and as you've designed. Thank you, Jesus. The team's just going to lead this course, and we'll close in prayer. I just thank him tonight. If you're struggling in one of these areas, just surrender it to him and cry out, Lord, help me in this area. Thank you, God.